0: It's such an honor to be here, and thank you so much for Pastor Gideon and Pastor Catherine and the whole uh, workers and leaders here for allowing me to stand here. This is such an honor, and I'm so blessed uh, because of this beautiful couple, Pakuswandi and uh, Ms. B. They have been a good friend to us, a great supporter for our ministry uh, in Indonesia, and uh, we are so grateful that they actually brought us here to uh, New Zealand. And this is our, my second time here. And it's always lovely to come back to Christchurch. A bit quiet, but beautiful. Uh, and, a bit, and it's very peaceful. And I, uh, this time we, we come with our twin girls, Chloe and Zoe. Can you stand up and wave to everyone? They hate it, but I, I love doing this for them, you know. Yay. Uh, They're actually identical twins, and and we actually miss our boy, our youngest boy. Uh, They're 17. uh, They just graduated from uni. And my youngest boy, 15, uh, he's in Sydney right now, left behind because of wrong visa. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, okay. Um, I actually want to uh, introduce a little bit about what we do. So, uh, we returned to Jakarta back in January 2006 uh, for holiday. I was with my twin girls. They were about four and a half months that time. And purposely for holiday. This is an honest testimony. And Johannes Jojo, my, my, my handsome husband. I always mention him as the most handsome man in the world. Yes, and he he was with me because I had I, we have twins, so he he carried one and I carried one. That was January 2006, and he left me in Jakarta because I I asked him to to stay for two months with my mom because you know having no nanny and giving birth to twin was a lot, right? And I was a bit sick because. Nobody helped me with my baby, so I returned home. And Jojo had to come back to Sydney because we have a career business. Jojo had to run it by himself, so he returned to Sydney. When I was in Jakarta, uh, during my devotion time on my piano, my old piano in my mom's house, the Lord spoke to me and said, Henny, save the generation. And that, the story began. I will start with my preaching and leave the rest after Okay, you know, today I would like to speak about life purpose. How many of you believe that God has a purpose for your life? Come on, I don't hear any excitement here. How many of you know that you have a God's purpose in your life? Yes. Say after me, God has a purpose for me. You know, we have work to do on earth. You're not just sitting here, you know, playing around, eating around, dancing around, singing around, you know, playing with some ships or goats. But, you know, actually God has a purpose for your life. John 17, verse 4. I always pick NIV because the easiest English for me. It says, the, Jesus said this, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you have gave me to do. Wow. How many of you want to bring glory to God? Don't we always say to God that, Lord, please anoint me. Please use me to bring glory to your name. We often pray the same prayers, right? And, you know, Jesus simply teaching us about, do you want to bring glory to God? Do you really want to bring glory to God? You got works to do. Say to your neighbor, you got works to do, man. Jesus said in John 17 verse 4, Jesus teaching us this, and this is so simple. I have brought you glory on earth. By finishing the work you gave me to do. Have you finished the work of God? You know, when I first received Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was 16. And... Every time we we, we brought someone to church, we expected the the Holy Spirit to touch them and simply just, you know, turning back to God and receiving him as the Lord and Savior. And we encouraged them to join into the church every Sunday and uh, slowly taking them into ministry. And the ministry always started from the door, shaking people's hand when they come in, right? And then as we hear them singing beautifully, we say, do you want to join the choir or do you want to join the singer? And as they started to doing ministry and then we say, oh, do you want to lead worship? And then when we thought that they are mature enough to preach the gospel and we say, do you want to preach? Or when we hear that they're so good in prayers and do you want to join the intercessors? You know, all we know about Christianity and the church is only doing ministry in the church. I was trapped with that mindset. That. Ministry is only inside the church. For about, uh, okay, 22 years. Oh, sorry, 12 years of my Christianity, I stayed in that mindset. I never knew that God can call us out of the church. So nobody ever told me, nobody ever told me that I should seek for God's purpose in my life. By asking him, no, sorry, you know. Because I was busy ministering. I was a worship leader. I was the worship pastor in my church. I went to Hillsong back in 1997, yeah, graduated in 1999. I I took the major of creative and ministry, focusing focal, yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to be a singer, but I wasn't good enough like you. So, you know, eventually, eventually, you know. I thought, you know, I want to be like Darlene. How many of you know Darlene? Check. I bought the same boot, the same jacket, the same pants, everything she had. I grew my hair so long like this, and I started to, you know, doing this. On, and I even learned how she clapped on the tummy. I always wanted to be like Darlene. When I watched her on TV, I give her a kiss. I want to be like you. All I always wanted was to be Henny (laughs) Shack. I wanted to marry someone like Mark, but eventually I got Jojo. (laughs) You know, we have works to do, but what kind of work? We always get trapped in this kind of sort of ministry mindset that all we do is singing, preaching, praying, you know? doing things in church, looking good, looking awesome, smiling at everyone, looking lovely, and not making any sorry. You know, but when I went back to Jakarta, January 2006, as I sat down on my piano again, God said to me, Henny, save the generation. We are, both of us are permanent residents of Australia, our twin girls are citizens of Australia, and we were living in Sydney. We, already, we, we, we were there for 10 years before we returned home. We had everything. We, we had a beautiful house in Castle Hill, if you know Sydney. Um, you know, a beautiful life. We had a lot of money. Returning home was never my dream. I had my life in Sydney. I love Sydney. You know, and then when he said to me, Save the generation. My mind blew. Like, you mean Aboriginals? Like, you know, where, where, who should I save? You know, because in Sydney, everybody are okay because the government gave a good support for the poor. You know what I'm saying? If they, if the poor people in Sydney would just use the money from the Centrelink for something good, they would not be poor. <laughs> All right. But the problem is they get the money to drink. To get drunk. And they chased they chased me once after school, you know, because they were drunk during the day. Well, you know, I was praying, I said, Lord, what do you mean? Aborigines? Oh, what? And then no, the Lord gave me so many verses about saving the young people that He gave me a vision of a lot of young people walking towards hell and that I should save them. You know, Ephesians 2, verse 10. Let's read this out. Can you read that with me? For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. How many of you believe that God has prepared the works in advance for you? Oh my God. Can you say oh my God? God. He has planned for me. me. You know, a lot of couples, they make baby out of love. Without plan. They're not ready. You know, I remember when I was pregnant with my twin, I cried. I was shocked. I was frustrated. I was like, you know, like, like someone never got married and they got pregnant. That kind of feeling. Why am I pregnant? What did you do? <laughs> Seriously, I cried that night. why (laughs) you know and he said it's okay i was so scared many of us we never planned to have kids you know we we were not ready especially about money but god is never coincidence god has a plan for everything he created he had the right purpose for you it doesn't matter how you were born whether you were born with a father or not. Many people think they had kids for by accident, but no way. You know how many Christians were blessed, living in holiness, but they couldn't get a baby. If a baby can be born to this world, they were born with a purpose. You know, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So I was third When the Lord said to me, Henny, save the generation. So when my husband came to pick me up with my babies on February 2006, I told Jojo, do you want to stay in Jakarta? Do you want to stay in Indonesia? And he looked at me like I'm a crazy woman. You know, he said, what do you want, lady? You know, know, women always have a lot of things they want, right? And I said, would you please pray about it? He never wanted to go back. He always hated Jakarta because when we returned home for holiday before we got married in 2000, he got diarrhea every day. <laughs> uh, he went to Halmahera, uh, an island in, Jakarta, in Indonesia. He got malaria. He got a lot of diseases in Indonesia. He hated it. And he hated the traffic. He, he hated the weather. You know, the first best thing that we always missed to go back to Sydney was the weather and the coffee oh man i'm telling you i miss it and you know so when i looked at jojo and i said do you want to return to jakarta and he looked at me like are you mad you know are you mad and i said please pray about it and then one day he went out to preach in a youth service i remember it was in west jakarta he returned home that night looking at me, sweaty. You know, my husband, when he preached four times, he will change four clothes because he always got sweaty because of the anointing, you know? And then, you know, he came back from that church, sweaty, and looked at me and said, We're going to stay in Jakarta. <laughs> and I, I touched him, Are you okay? And he said, Yes. In Indonesia, I found my purpose, my calling, my purpose of life, everything I have, I found it here. I said, What's wrong? You know, we were making a lot of money in Sydney, you know, but working from seven to seven, you know, and then, you know, not having time to, to serve the Lord, actually. We were out of our calling. We were not supposed to have a business. We were supposed to start a church. <laughs> so Jojo, when he got a chance to preach, he, he got the fire back at him. The Lord just fired him back to go back to the ministry. So, I, he, instead of him, you know, flying back to Sydney to pack up, he let me flew alone. <laughs> I, I'm still angry about it, you know. <laughs> he stayed in Jakarta with my twin girls, and I ended up, flew back to Sydney alone. And I didn't sleep for two nights, because that was the craziest, biggest change we ever made. Living our life. In Sydney, with all the goodies we had, you know, starting over from zero, having nothing, no purpose, no plan. I packed everything. We tried to sell our house. Uh, I sold two cars, uh, giving away all the furniture and all the clothes. I just threw it in the Smith bin, you know, and brought nothing home. We started from zero. And then my mom asked me, we were living with my mom in Jakarta, and he, he asked me this, what is your plan? And I said, I'm not sure. What do you want to do? I'm not sure. What kind of work are you doing? I'm not sure. And my, the worst part was my mother-in-law. You know how mother-in-law are. You know, you know she, she was so mad at me because Jojo was is her first son. You know, she loves him so much. How you helped me? Thank God. And she, she asked me the question, what do you want? And I said, I, you know... A spiritual thing, things things about God, godly things, is not easy to to explain, you know. You cannot just walk to your parents-in-law and tell them, I heard God told me to save the generation. They would think I'm crazy. And I could not tell my mom that the Lord spoke to me. That we have a purpose here in Indonesia to save the generation. I didn't even have a clue what we should do. But I just believe the Lord gave me this verse that you are henny, you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. You know, Psalm 139 verse 16. Let's read this one. This is a good one. Psalm 139 verse 16. Read with me. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Oh, my God. Amazing, isn't it? He has written it all in the book of life. And every chapter has different names on it. And it's perfect plan for us. Like when you baking cakes or cooking, when you open your recipe book with the title on it, the same God has a plan for you. Exact plan that I never knew. All I knew was singing and leading worship and getting angry at my husband. That's it. <laughs> but you know, when, when, I, when, I, when I was called to Indonesia, this is what I did. I hope this can help you to discover yours. I kneeled down on my feet, on the bed, everywhere, in the living room, everywhere I went, in the shower, three times a day like Daniel I ask him what do you want with my life lord what do you want with my life please speak to me what did you create me for even the spoon and the fork knows the purpose of their life i'm telling you even the fried pan knows the purpose of its life even our shoes know the purpose of its create what it created for but do you know your purpose do you know what god's purpose for your life I kept asking him the same question over and over and over again. It wasn't easy. I'm telling you, I was so stressed. I was so depressed. Because leaving everything behind in Sydney and starting from zero, you had nothing. We had nothing. No money flowing every month. Stop. We had mortgage to pay in Sydney. Remember, the house wasn't easy to sell. We had to wait for 10 months for our big house to be sold. And I lost a lot of money because we bought it for $105 million. We sold it for 875000 You know what I'm saying? All the years we've been paying for the mortgage and the down payment and all that just gone like that, no matter, no matter how hard I try to explain to my parents in law, they always get mad at me. Uh, you know, and it wasn't easy. I was so stressed. I had twin girls. They need milk. They need diapers. Mothers help me. And in Sydney, we have Medicare that you can go for vaccination for free. In Indonesia, my God, $80 a kid, one shot. It was hard. It was so hard. I was so depressed. I cried every day. My, I had a high blood pressure since then. I was so stressed. I couldn't bear with, you know, losing everything and knowing nothing where to go. And I only have one thing, faith. I keep praying for God, what he wanted me to do. And the Lord opened up like this. God has given us a seat to live his purpose. The seed is in you. What are they? Desires and ability. Yeah. You always talk about talents, right? Potential. Simply, if God has a calling for you, He has given the seed inside of you to live his purpose. Those are passions, desires, and abilities. Philippians 2, verse 17. Read that for me. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. How good that is. When you have a good desire to do good, it's not because you are good. It's just because God works through you. So if you ask me the question, why did you decide to live your life in Sydney and go back to Jakarta and had nothing? I'm telling you, it is not me. It is God who works in me. Both in will and act. You know, since then, I tried to keep asking the Lord the same question. Until one day, I realized this. God doesn't explain to me one, two, three, what to do. But he gave me the facts before my eyes. He opened my eyes to see the real facts in Indonesia. I've been living in Sydney for 10 years before returning home. And I had no clue about my country. Why? You know, Indonesia is so wide, right? A lot of islands. And I, I, I had only been in Jakarta. I am a town girl. I had no clue about what happened in other part of the world in Indonesia. So when I came home in uh, 2006, there were a lot of street kids all over the place. And the parents actually employed them to work on the streets. And then, you know, the mom would just sit by the side of the road collecting the money and let the kids to work, jump in the bus, jump in the car, just begging for money. And then I... I, I, I we had an offer to work in Bandung, another side of uh, Java, West Java. Um, a lot of signs were given, so we took that job. We moved to Bandung. Um, Jojo was was helping a, a small church in Bandung while I was staying home. There was a businessman that God has chosen to support our life, with just a little bit of support, but it was enough. Right? I started from very, very low. And then... Uh, In front of our house, there were like drop school kids who always bother us, ringing the bell, playing football, kicking it to the door. And the door is made out of metal. So it was bang, bang, bang day and night. And my kids were only eight months when we moved there. And then uh, there were like a slum areas behind our house where we stayed. And a lot of rubbish collector, you know, a lot of people who are not so uh, privileged. And then they they kept asking me for help. So the Lord, in fact, instead of telling me, okay, honey, you got to help the poor, he, he opened my eyes to see the needs. And one day, I was about to scold the kids because they were so annoying. And my kids, my babies went like, like this all the time. I came down the stairs wanting to open the door and yell at them and to ask them to stop playing the ball. And instead of getting angry, the spirit talked to me like this. Henny, why are you angry? Why don't you build relationship? So I was shocked. I opened the door and my mind and my mouth was not connected. (laughs) Instead of getting angry, I said to them, why don't you go to school? (laughs) And they said, we don't have money. And I immediately said this, do you want to learn English? I thought, what, what good can I do? And then they said, okay. And I said, when do you want to start? And they said, tomorrow morning. And I said, okay. I could slam the door. And I went like, what did I say? <laughs> you know, I didn't think before I said it. You know, it was the spirit of God. So the next morning they came to my house. There were five kids, dirty, smelly, hungry. And I asked them to eat on our table, we serve fried rice and egg—you know, Indonesian kind of fried rice. Ooh, and then they were eating; they're eating like never before. They were so hungry, and I started to introduce myself and teaching them A, B, C, one, two, three—you know, English. And then the next day, they brought another three friends. We had eight kids in our home and eating more food. And then the next day, uh, they, they had another four friends. There were twelve people coming to our home and eat more food, and then, you know, 15, 18, 20, and more. And then that, that was the beginning of my ministry. We started with five. Cut the story short because my time is very limited here. We ended up over 16 years now, we have held over 10,000 kids all across Indonesia, in different islands of Indonesia, in remote villages, providing nutrition, and education, we, we train and send out teachers, about two hundred and fifty teachers every year. We pay them salaries. We have no volunteers, everybody by salary, really, really. And um, we have a contract teachers that teach every year. We recruit, we train, and we send. We, of course we train them in a Christian way. So they deliver the message to the people, you know, bring the gospel around Indonesia and and then god gave me a vision last uh november 2018 i was doing my makeup before preaching and i said to my husband jojo we better stop uh making a dorm you know we we had about three dorms at that time jakarta kupang and Merauke in papua and i said uh we don't going to we're not going to build any more domes because it's costly. It's very costly because you have the kids 724 at your home, you know. You have to take care of everything, you know, from their head to their toe. So I said to Jojo, no more domes. And I went to preach. As I finished preaching, as I stepped down on the pulpit, the Holy Spirit spoke to me like this. Henny, what do you want to build? What do you want to birth, actually? What do you want to birth? And I said, leaders. I want to birth leaders for Indonesia because I have went all across Indonesia. You know, the problem with our country is corruption. The problem with our country is not that we are poor. We are so rich with everything, with the nature, with the minerals, with the gold and everything. You know, even Australia got the gold from us. So the problem is the people were not educated. They left poor because of the corruption in the leadership. So, I believe we have 36 provinces right now in Indonesia. We only need 36 leaders who are God-fearing, have integrity, loving God, and loving the people to build the country. So, I believe all we need in Indonesia is God-fearing leaders. So, I said to the Lord, I want to give birth to leaders. And the Lord said to me, build 10 boarding schools and give birth to 1,000 leaders for Indonesia. My God, that was before pandemic. I'm telling you, how did we raise funds? This is gonna be interesting. All over the years, me and my husband, I designed some clothes, T-shirts, batiks. You know batik, you know. We created that. We sell that. Every time we preach, everywhere we go preaching. Anyway, I will open a booth outside and introduce our products, and they will buy it, and they will donate to our uh, to foundation. That's what we did in that 15 years. But during pandemic, you know how it is. Churches closed down. We couldn't preach. We lost our job, basically. Uh, our own life support. <laughs> we're gone. And then what did we do? Nothing. We only preach online. And I tried to move our selling to online e-commerce. We didn't do a very good job because we were not used to it. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know, during the pandemic, the works were done. We have built eight boarding schools so far all across Indonesia. And why do we need that? Because actually our country is uh, centralized as a Muslim country. Every, every, uh, they are trying to prepare uh, Muslim leaders everywhere. That's why they're taking all these Christian kids, Catholic kids, Muslim kids into, uh, what do you call it, madrasa. They, they they educate them, they, they give them scholarship, even to China, to Taiwan, everywhere they go, they get educated to prepare future leaders for Indonesia. While the churches are busy doing programs, building bigger church, doing greater events, you know, collecting money, I'm sorry, but building nothing for the country. So... My spirit was stirred to actually rise up with my wonderful husband to fight over this poverty spirit over my country and we go We go every way to save the kids from being you know turned from their faith just to get education yeah. so instead of them having to stay in, uh, you know change their religion, they change their beliefs to get the food and the school, we provide it for them and we we, 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 we kind of mentor them to to really Uh, You know, knowing the word more, knowing Christ more, and they grow up, you know, loving Christ. You saw the kids in the dorm. In the morning, they have to wake up at 4.30 and 5 a.m. to pray, read the Bible. And then at night, before they all go to sleep, they have to listen to the word of God, and they all worship and pray. So every day, day and night, day and night, the kids are being mentored to really knowing the Lord. We're not just giving them an education, but we're training them to be godly leaders for Indonesia. And I'm telling you, these good works are only found when I really praying hard for his will. He spoke to me one day. He said to me, Henny, what are the poor really need in their life? And I said, food and money. And the Lord said, no, what they really need in their life is to get out of poverty you have to help them to get out of poverty. And I said, Lord, there are so many poor people in my country. What should I do? Who's money? And where should I start? And the Lord spoke to me like this. You have to build network. You have to build partnership. You have to, uh, I will send people to help you. I will make churches to help you. But you have to be accountable. You know, I still remember what he told me. And you want to know what? Until now. So since the beginning when we started the foundation, until today. We, both of us, we never took any salaries from the foundation. We never took money from the foundation. Instead, we donate to the foundation. How do we uh, live ourselves? How do we feed ourselves? How do we send our kids to school? From preaching. We live from all of offerings. And God has been so faithful. And over 16 years now in Indonesia... We have uh, built so many schools all across the countries, uh, giving free medical camps, free cataract surgeries. We built houses for the uh, Christian the poor Christians in the remote villages. We train the farmers. We give them free seeds. And we built uh, this farming school in Kupang. Uh, and also we, we send out teachers, like 250 every year. Uh, we start to build uh, boarding schools. We still have two more to build now. And then we all, everything that we did, only by the provision of God. We have no billionaire behind us, really. No one shake our hand and give us one billion a month, no one. But God provides. My time is up, but I want to close with this. Each one of us, we are accountable to God for the works that we must do. He has planned for us, but do you know what he's planned for you? We cannot glorify Him unless we finish the works He has given us. I believe that God has a calling for this church. You know, when when Jesus said in um, Matthew 16, verse 18, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hate will not overcome it. You know, the, the word my church that He used in this verse refers to ecclesia comes from hebrew ecclesia was the name that was given by the caesar romanian caesar to the people who he picked to help him run the cities the ecclesia were meant to make decision over the city churches that jesus was revert to i believe the believers were whole. To determine the fate of the city, we are not here just to do church, playing church, but we are here to be the light of the city. Do you care about Christ Church? Do you have the desire to see Christchurch rise again and revive again? Like the name it's called, Christ Church. Let us stand. Amen. Let's we stand in prayer. Let's pray for the city. Let's pray for God's will in your life. What he wants you to do. What good works you should do. I'm just an ordinary housewife who God has called to do the good works that he planned in me. I believe he has a greater plans for you. How many of you believe that? Lift up your hand and pray. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us like never before. Open our spiritual ears so we can hear you. Speak to each one of us. We want to know your plans for us, Lord. Your exact plan for us. The works that you have entrusted into our hands to do, Lord. Speak to each one of us. Speak to each one of us. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for Harmony Church. Please anoint Pastor Gideon and Pastor Catherine. To be sensitive to your desires for this church what you want this church to do, Lord. I pray that every leaders in this church will be united with one vision to revive Christ church once again. Let this church be the light in every good works that you have planned for them to do. In each beautiful souls that you have sent out here, I pray that they will stand up for you, Lord. They will raise up and be blessing In every workplace, every families will be restored. We pray that everybody here will be used by God. We believe that you have plans for each one of them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray that they can be sensitive to you and listen to your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.